Bless the Lord. That's good. Well, I have a uh, a message on the call of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel that I've had for six weeks now that the Lord won't allow me to deliver yet. Thursday morning, well, last time when I was going to share two weeks ago, um, I was going to share that message, and then the Lord impressed me to change to fear as a liar. So we shared on that, and then Thursday morning this week, the Lord took me to a different direction again. I said, Lord, that's, that's three days. <laughs> three days from now. Are you sure about that one? But let's turn to Luke chapter 8. We want to make sure that we are always following the, the direction of the Lord. He's always speaking. Do we have an ear attuned to hear? Maybe that call was just uh, something for me. Who knows? We'll put it in the back shelf and stop trying to force the issue. In Luke chapter 8, let's start in verse 40. you're there, say amen. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Can you imagine being able to witness all these things that he's doing? People had heard and had come for miles, both this time and others we see, but multitudes waiting for him. To welcome him. To be able to witness these things firsthand must have been unbelievable. Verse 41, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was ruler over the synagogue. So let's talk about this guy Jairus for a second. What his responsibility was, he wasn't a priest, but he was, he was the ruler over the synagogue, and that he had the responsibilities, kind of like, I guess, what we would call a deacon today, he had more logistical responsibilities. He was made, made sure that, you know, today he would make sure the lights were turned on and, and he would make sure the doors were unlocked and, and that the soundboard was turned on and, and that all the microphones were set up and, and when we had communion, he would make sure we had all those things fixed and make sure there was light bulbs that were out. Either he did it himself or he would have them fixed or if there was mulch that needed to be put out. So he was responsible for taking care of the synagogue. And he was, he was placed in this position. It was a position of high responsibility. Didn't have any, once again, any ministerial responsibilities, but he had he was responsible for the physical well-being of the synagogue. But once again, he was selected for this. So he had interaction and, and good relationship with, with those priests. And he came to Jesus. You can imagine here... Well, let's continue reading, and we'll see why he's coming. Second portion of verse 41, And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. 42, For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Now, imagine what all it took for him to come to Jesus. Imagine in his home these conversations that took place with his wife. 
Now, mind you, this is their only daughter. She's 12 years old, and she is dying, which is a progressive thing. She didn't just say that there was an accident and she was, was injured, but she was dying to indicate there was something wrong with her that was progressively sucking the life out of her. So you can imagine if his wife, Jerry's wife, if she's anything like mine, would say, hey, are you going to do anything about this? We hear these stories of this man that is walking and, and he's healing those that are sick. He is, he's delivering those that, are, that are, are, have strongholds in their life. He's coming and he's doing mighty miracles. And we're hearing about them throughout the land. Why don't you go to him and do something about this? I reference this movie quite a bit. Anthony will like this. Uh, now I can't remember the name of it. Um, the one where his son's dying. He has a heart thing. Thank you. John Q. I knew you would know. What does his wife say, though? She says, do something. They were on the phone. Their son was dying. And he, they he had insurance problems or whatever. But she said to him, do something. So at that moment, something clicked in his mind that I have to do something. I can see this taking place between Jarius and his wife. I don't care who it is. And you can imagine the conversation, the heated fellowship. CJ and I talked about this last night. The heated fellowship going on between the two. I can't quite possibly go to Jesus. Do you realize what he represents? Do you realize where I work? Do you realize with whom that I've been selected to choose to watch over? I cannot possibly go to this man. This man who they do not believe who he is. I can't possibly go to him and um, validify the things and solidify those things that he's saying that he is, they don't believe it. I can't possibly go to him. You realize what that will do to us. Financially, that will destroy us because I could lose my job if I declare that I trust in what he's saying. And the same token, he's torn between this world over here, his profession, and the love for his only daughter. Do something. So we can see in the desperation as he comes to Jesus, humbly falling down at his feet. Doesn't even record here that he says anything at this moment. He probably didn't even have words to even speak in his desperation. Can you imagine? any of your children, no matter what age, but much less your only one at the age of 12. Nothing but promise. Nothing but hope and future for this young girl. So he falls at the feet of Jesus. But as he went, the multitudes surrounded him. And what occurs here in the next Eight to ten verses is one of my favorite stories in Scripture. We know the story, but I'm going to just remind us quickly because I love it so much. Jesus is walking through, and this, the crowds are just pressing forward. They wanted to get a they wanted to get a glimpse of this man to the point where not this story, but. You can imagine, just like Zacchaeus, the little guy, he climbs up into a tree just so he could get a glimpse to see him. So there were people that were pressing 
there were people that were pushing forward. They wanted to be able to exceed. If you've been to any major sporting event or a concert, anything where there are thousands of people that are being released at one moment, and they're hurting you through these very few number of exits, and there are people everywhere pushing and bumping into each other and trying to remain courteous. But these people were pushing and trying to see and get a glimpse. And through all of this, there's this lady who's been ill for years. An illness that has basically segregated her from her family and her husband. She has no hope in anything else. Doctors can't heal her. They don't even know what to do with it. And she can't get to him because of the throngs. It says in the King James, a throng of people. So what does she do? She gets up and says, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. I guess I'll go home and see what I can do. Maybe I'll come back here next week. No! She refused to accept the hindrance, the, the thing that was a challenge in front of her, from prevented her from receiving her healing. To the point where she crawls on her hands and knees and reaches out with everything that she has just to touch. It says the hem of his garment. She crawled through people's legs. She got, you can imagine people were looking and all of a sudden they looked down and see this lady crawl. She didn't care what it looked like. She didn't care if she looked silly. She didn't care if she was in crawling around the mud or the dirt or whatever it was. If she was filthy, dragging her garments all the way to him. She didn't care. She had to touch her healer in that moment. And Jesus, through all this, mind you, once again, a concert that's just been released. Everybody's bumping into each other. I mean, just it just is what it is. It just happens. And Jesus says, in the moment that she grabs him, someone touched me. And those surrounding him, his disciples, I can imagine this being like, Jesus, yeah, duh. Everybody's bumping into everybody, of course. Why are you even mentioning that at this moment? We, we've been bumping into people for the last however long we've been walking through here. No, 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 hold on. Virtue has gone out from me. A healing power has flowed through me. No prayer meeting. Nobody anointed her with oil. Nobody called the elders. She took it upon herself to touch Jesus. There is no doubt in my mind that the purpose of this story is to demonstrate to us we're to persevere through our challenges and to reach out and touch the Lord even if nobody else is around and knows about it. And even in that, you can receive your healing. That was free. I won't charge you for that. We're not talking about her today. But in the midst of all of this, by the way, he says, your faith has made you well. 
If you remember a few years back, I spoke on that, spoke on that word sozo. Completely whole and well. Never to be hindered by that issue ever again. In verse 49, while he was still speaking, he's standing there speaking to this woman who's just been healed. Someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, came from Jairus' house, a messenger, saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. So here Jairus goes out on a limb. He risks everything that he has professionally. Goes and kneels at the feet of Jesus, asking and pleading for help. And in between that time of that happening and Jesus walking, his son, or excuse me, her daughter, his daughter dies. Your daughter is dead. But I love what happens next. In verse 50, when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, first of all, he needed to address the very flood of emotions that Jairus was going through. The very fact of, he, he didn't address other things, he didn't talk about, a, he addressed exactly, he knew, he can see into the heart of Jairus. And he said, first thing, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because you can imagine, here all these emotions that are just flooding into Jairus. Why didn't I come sooner? Why did I wait so long? Why was I worried about my job? Who cares about that now at this point? What does it matter? Why was this lady stopping him? If it wasn't for her, we would have made it back to my house. What is it with these guys that won't believe on this ham? So they caused me to be afraid to be able to address Jesus to begin with. All these different things. So the first thing in Jesus could see right into him. He could see right through him and said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Can you imagine Jairus being like, what? How did, how did you know that? How did you know that the first thing that I was experiencing was fear? How was that possible? Don't be afraid. Then the next thing he says, only believe. Don't fear. And there's one, you have one job. Believe. That's it. For you, there will be times when you're in a situation and you may or may not be trusting the Lord for it. I don't want to even make an assumption. But there are times when things go from bad to worse and you have influx of emotion and regret. 
We have thoughts that are flooding in our minds, similar, similar to Jarius. And what did I do to deserve this? Where is the Lord in all of this? I'm trying to be faithful. Have you ever said that? Where are you, God? I am trying to be faithful. I am believing in you. I am putting everything I have in you. Where are you? I thought the Lord hears me. Pastor Clark's been telling me for the last year that he sees me and hears me. I don't really feel that right now. I'm trying to put my trust in him. What is the point of all of this if this tragedy happens anyway? And at that moment, when your greatest fear becomes a reality, the Lord is saying to you today, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Watch this. Don't be, do not be afraid. Only believe. And, linking the two together, if we do our one job of just believing, she will be made well. So is there. Same word. She will be made well. Now, mind you, this isn't a girl who is sick anymore. She's dead. And she's going to be made well. Whole. But what is his condition here? First, don't be fearful. And just believe. Do those two things, and she will be made well. So I encourage you today, when you're fear, fear, facing your fear of whatever it is, your challenge, don't be afraid. Only believe. And we will see the salvation of our God. Let's continue in 51 here. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl, Jairus and his wife. Now there was a, if you look at this in uh, Matthew and in Mark, they both tell the same story. They're a little more elaborate in, in who is there with them. There was a Talmud of people, uh, Matthew I believe it is that says that, uh, there is a, basically there are those that are mourning on the outside. In Mark, I believe it says they're playing flutes and instruments and very loudly declaring the fact that they are mourning the loss of this girl. This was part of the custom when somebody passes away. 52, now all wept and mourned for her, but he, Jesus, says, do not weep, Similar to, don't be afraid. Do not weep. She's not dead, but she's sleeping. And in 53, those mourners made a grave mistake. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. 
So as Jesus approaches, he sees all these mourners and all the racket that they're making. He says, listen, guys, don't worry about it. I got this. She's not dead. She's asleep. And they're like, uh, we've been here. You haven't. She's dead. It's been confirmed already. What are you talking about? They were displaying doubt. They did not display faith. They were not only believing. They were looking at the situation, their perceived reality, and says, oh, because of that, here's what it is, Jesus. You need to figure this out. You need to have a reality check. Here's what's going on in my life. Don't you see what's going on? Don't you see my reality, Jesus? You need to figure it out and come and line up with what's going on here. These weren't seeds of doubt. These were trees of doubt. Right blatantly in the face of Jesus. And these were those that were there to support Jairus. These weren't those who were just some random people. They were there thinking that they were doing good for the family. Instead of being thrilled about the fact that she was just sleeping, they actually mocked and ridiculed him in 53. So watch his reaction. Verse 54. But he put them all outside. He said, listen, I'm about to do something here. I don't have any room for anybody to have any doubt. So if you can't get in line with what we're about to do here, I need you to go outside. So therefore, the only people that he allowed to come in, Peter, James, John, and the parents of the girl. Because he knew they would have faith and believe. So he put out the doubters. He put out those that were ridiculing. Because they knew that she was dead. <laughs> How many times are we in the midst of a, a tragedy and we scoff at him and say things that maybe we don't even mean, but the fact that doesn't he know what's going on in our lives and doesn't he know better than to allow it to continue? You know, sometimes we may need to remove some doubters out of our hearts. Some doubters in your life. Those that may not be lining up with what it is that you are believing for the Lord to move. Are, there are you surrounding yourself with those that are standing in faith with you, like Peter, James, and John were about to do? Are you, are you surrounding yourself with those that are sowing seeds of doubt and being like, well, we'll really see what's happening here, I guess. It might happen. I don't really think so, though. I mean, you've been dealing with this for a long time. It's probably your lot in life. I would imagine the Lord's probably put this on you or... Or, or the Lord's probably just allowing this to train you in some fashion or another. Don't really think that it's His purposing to for you to be healed or delivered. Yeah, that's probably scriptural. Think so. You put them out. If you're going to doubt, you're going to go out. 
Surround yourself those that are going to support you in your stance of and believing. Verse 54, Jesus takes her by the hand. Then he says, Talitha Kumai, which means little girl. Little girl, arise. We're going to stand in faith and believe. Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned. She was dead. Though Jesus said she was sleeping because he could see what was about to happen. But those people were right. She was dead. Her spirit returned and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. It's hard work being dead. She was hungry. Are we looking just like Jesus did? We have a situation that is standing right in front of us that is dead. Are we looking past that to see Jesus and see through our eyes of faith to know that, you know what, that situation is just sleeping because when the Lord speaks to it, it is going to bring life right into it and it's going to arise just like that girl did. Immediately, she arose. She wasn't droggy. And I think imagine when you wake up in the morning, you've lost an hour of sleep because of spring forward, and you had to pick up Pastor at the airport at 12:30 a.m. You didn't get home to bed until an hour later, and you had to be up a few short hours later on after that to finalize everything for this morning. But she immediately rose up. Immediately. And her parents were astonished. My encouragement for you today is this. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Remove any doubters in your life. There may be portions of you that is doubting. Yes, the Lord, Lord, give me strength to remove this doubt. I want to only believe and trust in you. Because I need this dead thing in my life to be arisen. I need it to be revived this family member, this healing, this whatever it is, in your mind, you can see it right now. 
Don't be afraid. Only believe. In your 12-year-old daughter, your situation will be made sozo, whole and well. The Lord says to your situation, arise. Michael W. Smith does a song, it's called All Arise. We were going to sing it this morning at the end of service, but uh, had some technical difficulties that that disallowed that. So I would encourage you to find that song, All Arise, and listen to it in, in light of what we'll share today. And see the Lord move in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, that you're still healing and moving in the hearts and lives of people today. Lord, there are times when we need to reach out and touch you, like the women with, woman with the issue. She reached out and touched the hem of your garment. And there are other times, Lord, when we need you to Visit us. Come and stand right in the middle of our situation and declare, arise. Lord, we're so grateful that you're willing to do either one. Lord, help us to do our part and to cast out all fear with your perfect love. Lord, help us to stand in faith, unwavering, only believe so that we can see you move in our lives. We come against any doubt that is whispering in our ears now that we've been dealing with this situation for too long, that it's just something we need to accept. That fear is a liar. We put our total trust in you and our lives in your hands. Say, Lord, have your way. Have your way, O God. We're grateful that we can run to you. That that veil was rent and we can approach your throne, O God. Seek your face. Speak to you. Hear from you. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Lord, you went to the the cross and 
the stripes that you bore provided healing for us. It says in Isaiah that by your stripes we are already healed. So Lord, we declare that over ourselves even today. We receive that healing. Lord, you went to the cross and you provided by your stripes you provided my healing. And you going to the cross, Lord, you provided an opportunity for me and my salvation. In the same act. Lord, help us not to simply say, well, by faith I can believe that I am saved, but make it more difficult when it comes to our healing. Lord, in the same action, the same day, you provided both for us. But help us not to complicate it. Lord, help us to receive your healing as simply as we do your salvation. We're grateful, Lord, that you provided a way that we can live and walk and be in communion with you. Yes, we do get to spend eternity with you, but Lord, we get to have the joy of your salvation here. To walk in your peace and righteousness. Something that none of us can do without you sending your spirit and making a way. We thank you, Lord. We're grateful today for all that you've done, Lord, all that you've provided. Lord, we seek you more than anything else, Lord. Yes, you can provide things for us. And healing and peace and all these things, but Lord, most of all, more than anything, we seek you. Lord, because all those things will be added unto us, Lord, and we seek you and your kingdom first. We thank you, Lord. the spirit of the Lord, living God, arise today. Arise in our hearts, arise in our lives. Lord, this week as we go home and to our work and all the different things that we do, Lord, continue to pursue us, Lord, your goodness and your mercy. Convict us, Lord, of areas that are not pleasing to you. Lord, forgive us. Help us stand in faith, not be afraid. Believe to see you move. We thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you love the Lord, can you say amen?